everybody. Welcome on into Utah Preps Zone. My name is Jake Hatch, host of the podcast here. I appreciate you downloading, listening to the podcast. A lot of fun to talk high school football around the state of Utah. Week one is in the books, and what a night it was. Lightning and thunder all along the Wasatch Front causing, I believe, five games to be called early. I believe only one of them was abandoned overall. The other ones went final. So, yeah, just a crazy night because we've been in a long, hot summer, not a lot of rain, and, of course, the opening night we get thunderstorms that come through. Kind of crazy to see all that happen, but here we are. There you go. So I wanted to start things off. We're going to recap some of the big games that I noticed from reading up on the games last night. Big results, uh, big-time matchups, how those played out, and even some upsets as well. So start things off right now uh, with the Bingham and Orem game on Thursday night. It was the season opener for both teams as well as the state. It was the only game on TV on KJAZ. Fun game. I thought it was well played. Bingham um, rolls out to a pretty big lead, 25-7. to You think, okay, well, here's where the Miners put the put their foot on the throat and end this thing, but Orem would not go away quietly. Noah Sewell punched in a touchdown, um, and it, went, it was 25-22, and you thought, okay, here comes Orem. Um, uh, fumble call in the end zone that referees determined that Orem didn't recover in the end zone. It would have been a touchdown. Controversial play there, but... Uh, Orem gets within the three points, like I said, 25-22. to 22, But then they had some three and outs, a couple of interceptions that turned into one-play touchdowns immediately afterwards for Bingham. Results in a 39-22 to 22 win for the Miners. So there you go. I thought, I thought Orem played well. They just shot themselves in the foot with too many penalties and critical errors. The three interceptions, most notably by Cooper Lega, just absolutely did them in. Bingham wins without their star, Braden Whistler, who goes down with an injury early in the game, is forced to the bench. So a big-time win for the Miners to show that they can win without their stars after they completely reloaded their offense over in the offseason. So Bingham comes away, 39-22 winners. They faced East next week in another big clash, rematch of the 6A title game last year, which, of course, Bingham won. So there you go. That's some of the thoughts on that game. Another game that happened that I thought we might see a little more fight from this team was Timpview. They were the first team to go out of state this season. They went down to St. John Bosco. Uh, The Braves are one of the top programs in the country. Opened a $7.2 million stadium christened it last night with their first game in the stadium and Tim V goes down there and receives a 49 nothing whipping at the hands of the St. John Bosco Braves. Of course, DJ Wigalele, who's probably the top quarterback in the next two recruiting classes in the entire country, led the way for St. John Bosco as they roll. Uh, Timview struggled 42-0 uh, at halftime for St. John Bosco in their win. Timview and Andy Stokes' uh, debut as the, as the Thunderbirds head coach, only 113 total yards. Of course, we're going off reports from the local papers, so these numbers are always different. That's just how it goes. But 113 yards reported, five turnovers for Timview, so just a rough opening for Timview. On the East, who we mentioned will be facing Bingham this week. They were part of the um, Wasatch Front uh, crew that had delay in their game. They had a fan-player scuffle where an East fan allegedly was talking 
talking garbage, talking bleep, as the, what the fan told the Salt Lake Tribune. Tony Jones has a great story on this. You can go to the sltrib.com and read up on it. But a East fan allegedly um, was making fun of a disabled coach from Jordan. Uh, the Jordan coach's son, who plays for the Beat Diggers, went after this fan. A scuffle ensued. Police called. No charges are being filed. No charges are being filed, but it's... Uh, just an ugly scene. Don't be that fan. Just ugly. East ultimately comes out with a 38-21 to win over Jordan in their season opener. Uh, five rushing touchdowns, as you would expect from that triple option attack. 2-2 span with two of those scores. Charlie Vincent, Josh Gladden, Josh Parker also scored for the Leopards in that win. But like I said, this game marred by that ugly fan player incident and just Ugly. I, I I have no words to describe it. We'll get into it a little bit later. We'll, we maybe we'll talk about it some more. I just I don't think that has any place in this game. Uh, some other games for you here: Corner Canyon, Pleasant Grove. Corner Canyon down thirty to twenty, entering the fourth quarter. Three touchdown passes from quarterback Cole Hagen to John Mitchell for the Chargers leads them to a forty to thirty win. Uh, John Mitchell finished with four passing. Uh, for, uh, for passing four receiving touchdowns in that game. Cole Hagan passed for all those touchdowns, also added a rushing score as he replaces Zach Wilson. Looks like things are off and humming for Eric Kerr and the Chargers. Big time win. Pleasant Grove did their best, but 20-point comeback in the fourth quarter did them in. Riverton, uh, the Silver Wolves, probably the upset of the night in my opinion. 24-21 winners over 5A runner-up a year ago, Sky Ridge. Um, the Silver Wolves won this game. Two defensive touchdowns, uh, p- two pick sixes. They also had another interception that was returned to the two or three yard line, depending on the report that they punched in for a score. They took a 17-point lead at halftime before they had the major weather delay, but they hold on. Riverton wins this game with those big three tur- those three big turnovers and 73 yards of offense. I believe Skyridge rolled up over 400, but it wasn't enough. Riverton runs away with that win, and they're not going to complain. 24-21, upset win of the night. Big shout-out to the Silver Wolves in that one. Another big comeback, Springville beats Dixie 26-21 on the road. The Red Devils get two late touchdown passes, aided by an onside kick between those two as they win 26-21. Tough um, loss for Blaine Moncrez and his Flyers in his uh, second debut with Dixie. Big win for the Springville Red Devils. They'll be looking um, mighty stout, it looks like, this year. And if they have a passing attack, that makes them even more dynamic. Another shocking result last night is Ogden. They rolled to a 41-0 win over Judge Memorial. Bo DeVries, three passing touchdowns, the quarterback for the Tigers. Two of them going to star receiver Irving Gastelum in the shocking um, route. Ogden, man, two years ago, 0-10, just some human's work going on with that high school. Big ups to them. That's a big-time win for the Tigers, 41 to nothing. And then finally, another upset um, down in the lower ranks, American Leadership Academy goes and beats uh, 1A power Duchesne, 42-25. Fielding Morley is the star with two late um, long touchdowns for the Eagles in their win as ALA um, gets the shocking result. Duchesne's been a power. I know ALA plays in the 2A ranks of not mistaken, um, maybe even three-way, going down to a 1A school and winning. I guess you'd say the numbers would indicate that, but Duchesne's been plenty good, so it was a shocking result there to see American leadership pick up that win. 
All right. We'll take a time out here. Some of the games I thought um, stood out last night. We'll take a time out here. We'll come back. I was at two games myself last night. I pulled off a double header, aided by Mother Nature with that weather delay. We'll talk about that. Got some sound from both of those games for you to hear from coaches and players. That's coming up as well as studs. My studs segment. I'm I just call it studs segment. These guys are stars that had really good nights last night. We'll honor those players coming up as well. That's all coming up right here on the Utah Prep Zone. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Utah prep zone. And we're back on the Utah Prep Zone. Thank you so much for downloading us and listening to us. You can catch the podcast everywhere your podcast can be found. Um, they continue to be added. We'll be on iTunes here shortly, but we're on pretty much everywhere else. Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, every other one, um, Pocket Casts. You name it, we're on it. Thank you for downloading us. Give us ratings and reviews if you don't mind. We really do appreciate you doing that because that helps us get the word out about the podcast. My name is Jay Catch, host of the podcast, and thanks again, like I said, for downloading us. So I was at two games last night. Uh, South Summit played an early game at 5.30 against San Juan, traveling all the way across the state to Camas to face them. As you'd expect, um, South Summit just rolling to a win. 56-13 to 13 was the final. Kale Atkinson, the star for the Wildcats in the game. Five passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, 56 points. It wasn't very competitive, the game. But also Bruce Smith, the BYU commit on the defensive line, also had a big night, as you'd expect, for a guy that's getting D1 looks from the two-way level. Uh, two sacks, by my reckoning, three tackles for loss, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery that he also took back for a touchdown. That's a mouthful, but that's exactly what Bruce Smith did. Um, he had a great night, I thought. Um, and it, what you want to see from a two-way player who's getting a look at it by get, getting a chance to go to an FBS school like BYU, you want to see him dominate, and that's exactly what he did. So things rolling there for South Summit, big win for them. I want to let you listen to some sound now. So for, first off, we'll start off. I had a chance to interview Bruce Smith about the win. Here's his conversation. Here's my conversation with him. We also at the end also talked about his commitment to BYU. So here's my conversation with Bruce Smith. Bruce, uh, first things, congrats on the win. Uh, thank you. So you guys, defending 2A champions, opening the season, what kind of pressure do you guys put on yourselves? Um, I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, especially where we go. Went 12-0 and last season, and we're still holding those same goals for ourselves. And, I mean, I think we like having the X on our back. I think we like seeing people's best, and we're just going to take it week by week. Is there a chance you guys can get a little complacent after going 12-0 and and having the longest win streak in the state right now? Um, that's been something we've been trying not to do. We're, now, we're just staying hungry. Uh, all of us are. We've been really working hard. Uh, we don't want to be the group that just helped last year's seniors. We want to be the group that did it ourselves, too. Talk about Kel a little bit. I know you're his, you're his left tackle on offense. How important is he to this offense? Uh, Kel's everything to this offense. Uh, He's, he's the most important player, and I love him. He's really good. What about Jared Danzy? Uh, he's quick. He's, he's also very good, and I love him. You, you can't tackle him. You can, like, you can only hope he runs out of bounds. Absolutely. Two sacks tonight, tackle for loss, also that fumble recovery for a touchdown. Take us through that play in particular. What happened? Uh, the fumble recovery? Yeah. Okay, so I just remember they called it in motion. I seen the handoff. I remember punching the ball out. And then looking around, and it just happened to be right below my feet. Picked it up, ran. I thought one of my uh, my other D tackles tackled me, but 
help. Like, he, he didn't. He's just pushing me along. <laughs> Helping you out. Yeah. So have you, have you scored before? Is that, is that... Uh, yeah, I've actually scored quite a few times okay. on scooping scores. Okay. Yeah. So, that, so it's not to regular anyway, I've never scored in varsity. That was my first varsity score. Okay, so um, I know it's the first game of the year. You guys got 10 weeks ahead of you, essentially, before the, regu- before the regular season. What are your personal goals this year? Uh, my personal goals... I mean, I haven't really set them out. Some I just last year I felt like I got robbed. Uh, first team all state, and I'm just staying super hungry to accomplish that this season because I got second team, and it's just always been sitting in the back of my mind that I gotta get first team. So that's first and foremost, and just come out and prove it to other coaches that I just. Okay, I want to talk to you a little bit about your commitment to BYU. Um, when a guy from South Summit pops up as a commitment from a two-way school to a Division One program like that, can you explain what went down to get you that offer in the first place? Um, I, I mean, it's hard to get recruited out of a small school. Coach Graychuk's been a huge benefit. He's been going around to schools, and I was talking to SUU, Weber State, but I was still going around to camps, and I went to the BYU camp and at D-Tackle. And I've, I've always went all line at camps, which was really surprising when Coach Tuiaki asked me to go D-line. And I'm, I just did really good, and I've really embraced it now. I've focused on defense, and it's been a huge stride for me. But it's been really good for my community to get this scholarship. Uh, everybody's just been loving it, and it's awesome. Uh, Coach Tuiaki, of course, coaches the D-line down, down there as well as the defensive coordinator. What did he tell you that he likes about you at D-Tackle? Um, he said I was just like, said I was natural-born talent pretty much. Like a lot of <clears throat> natural stuff he could work with right now, and that's what and that really stuck out to me. Just like, and then he's diamond in the rough, just a lot of cool stuff like that, and he's a, he's a really cool coach. Okay, so you committed almost immediately afterwards. Why? It's my dream to play at BYU. Um, I just always remember watching him when I was a little kid. And then just to think about, I'm going to, like, me and my mom would always go to games, but, like, once a year, sit in the front row. I'd ask her to buy me front row tickets, and she would. And we'd go once a year. Now it's just so crazy that I'm going to be playing for him. And that's why I committed right off the bat is because that's just always been my dream to play at Lavelle Edwards. Okay, I guess last things last, what other programs have reached out to you since your commitment, or if any? Um, not really any. Uh, just like SUU and Weber State, they pretty much told me to commit BYU's first class, and <laughs> so I did. Yeah, it was awesome. So they're like, hey, we understand. Yeah, yeah. Coach Hunt at SUU, he texted me the next day, and he said, if you haven't committed, you need to. That's first class. Awesome. Well, Bruce, thanks so much for the time. Thank you. There you go. South Summit defensive tackle and offensive tackle, Bruce Smith. Appreciate him taking the time. Well-spoken kid. Appreciate him. He had some good thoughts. And we'll be tracking him throughout the season, especially even on into his college career, calling it his dream school, BYU. So there you go. Also had a chance to catch up with his head coach, Mike Grajek. Of course, they have a 12-game uh, winning streak right now. It's the longest in the state. Does how some actually is 13 now after he went 12 and 0 last year winning the 2A title. Mike Grajek talked to me after the game about 
about the win, about Kel Atkinson, about just the, the steady nature of his program, and also even some thoughts on Bruce Smith committing to BYU. So here you go. Here's Mike Grajek, head coach of the South Summit Wildcats. Coach, uh, first things first, congrats on the win. Thank you very much. It's good to get that first one under our belt. Is it? Okay, you went 12-0 and last year. You have the longest win streak in the state right now, current win streak in the state right now. Is it almost there's still butterflies entering the first game of the year, not exactly knowing what's going to play out? Oh, there's definitely butterflies. You know, we don't get to watch any film. Um, they got a new coach. He'd actually changed offense. We played him twice last year in the first game and in the playoffs, and he had changed. Okay. So we didn't know what to expect. In his preseason interview, he said, he's going back to Monty Lee's offense. So now we got to prepare for three things. So we had butterflies. Talk about Kale. He, Kale Atkinson, he's a prolific, prolific player at this level, and I, in my opinion, one of the best in the state. But talk about his importance to your offense. Well, the, I think you said it there. He is, he is the best in the state. I think he's, he's the best. Uh, threw for 33, 3,500 yards last year. Had 48 touchdowns, and everybody was like, you know, it's a supporting cast, it's a supporting cast, which it takes the whole team, mm-hmm. you know. And but. He, he does a great job of managing the offense. We take what the defense has given us, and for whatever reason, they kept wanting to stop the run and kept zero on coverage on our receivers, and he does a good job of delivering the ball. It's not easy because I'm changing plays all the time, and he does a great job of just doing what I ask him to do. He lost a lot of contributors, especially at wideout from last year's team. How do you feel this new crop's growing in, the, in that position. You saw tonight. They did a great job. Um, that's all we do all summer is throw and catch the ball. We went to a few seven-on-sevens. And I'm, I'm one of those guys, people say seven-on-seven is not football. I believe it is. As long as your interior line does their job, it's just like seven-on-seven. It's actually the odds are better okay. because uh, with they're, they're going to put you know cover two on you or whatever. And so you know our kids do a great job. I thought our uh, receiving core did awesome tonight. Jared Danzi's guys contributed in multiple ways. How important is he to this team? Yeah, yeah, very important. He's you saw him tonight at running back, wide out, mm-hmm. slot, and so he plays all over the place. People are going to have to find him mm-hmm. and cover him. But you also saw Braden Lundgren and McCall Rose and two uh, junior first first time starters at wide out, uh, Cam Sargent and Jace Crystal came up with some big time catches tonight. So they played great. Okay, you got a BYU commit in Bruce. Mitchell, left tackle, defensive tackle. Can you talk about his play? Yeah, I mean, that, you know, we've got, we've, I'm a big believer in playing as many guys as we can. And we played probably in the first half. I told the kids at halftime, I said, I'll bet you we played 29 guys. And we try, we try to platoon. And Bruce plays on both sides and we give him a rest. But because he's such a presence, these young guys that are just coming on, we lost eight first teamers last year, uh, 16 seniors that were starters, yes. and everybody's the unknown. But because Bruce is on the field, it's helping other guys. I had a junior walk up to me and says, How was that starting? He said, You know, two tackles for a loss, a fumble recovery, a sack. And, you know, that he, he's a great player, but because guys are focused on Bruce, it opens things up for other guys. He committed to BYU. How important is that for your program to have a guy like that? It's it's huge. Uh, you know, he, he went to Utah camp on a Monday, made it to the Final Four in their offensive line uh, competition. 
We says, hey, let's send you to BYU. Do you want to go tomorrow or on Thursday? He goes, I'll go tomorrow. He goes, what should I go as? I said, Bruce, I wanted them to see how athletic you are. He actually went to seven on seven with us and played slot at seven on seven. And so I says, go as a tight end so they can see 275 pounds run and catch. And he did. And I told Coach Clark down there, I says, hey, if you want to see Bruce on the O-line because Clark's a tight end coach, then send him over there. Because everybody can say my O-line can O-lineman can play tight end. Mm -hmm. We sent him as a tight end. And then Tuiaki got a hold of him, and Tuiaki says, I want to meet with you after lunch. Sorry, I get a little emotional because I just remember that day. You know, uh, I'm on the phone with Bruce, and Tuiaki's calling me at the same time. And uh, it was just, you know, that that was his dream. And he's worked his butt off, and, and, you know, and all our kids do. He's God's blessed him with the size and you know and he's going where he wants to go is this some validation for you as a coach to see a kid like that succeed and get a chance to go to a, like an FBS university like BYU sure I mean that that helps but you know and that's the thing is 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 people see that but all our kids work that hard you know mm-hmm. Bruce just happens to be 6'5 and 275 you know but our little guys work that hard mm-hmm. and that's why I think you know we got the longest win streak in the state and uh because our kids, you know, they're they're committed and they're believing in the process. A lot of those kids, they want to go both ways, mm-hmm. and it, it's small town football. Yeah. But you know, I says, how fun's practice if I'm talking to 11 guys? This was our talk at halftime today. Mm-hmm. If I'm talking to 13 guys, how fun's practice going to be on Monday? I said, but and we end up playing every kid that was on the sidelines. You know, suited 50, mm-hmm. they all played. So practice on Monday is going to be fun. Coach Grajek, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. There you go. Mike Grajek, appreciate him taking the time. He's a great interview. It was fun to talk with him. And you can tell he really loves his kids. He got broken up there a little bit with Bruce Smith. and every, The look on his face said it all for me. So really thank him for taking the time. All right. I also made it down uh, to back to Utah Valley and caught the second half of Lone Peak and Harriman. Of course, the weather delay helped me out. Um, oh, one thing I need to note uh, for San Juan, they had a player that was uh, taken away in an ambulance on a backboard in the game against South Summit. My best wishes go out to him. I unfortunately do not have a name, but I hopefully... There was not a serious injury there. It was all precautionary. Rough to see that go down. You never want to see a player get hurt, but I hope everything's okay um, in with that young man because not a pretty scene. It's scary, always scary to see a backboard come out, EMTs, the ambulance, the whole gamut. So best wishes to him. Like I said, I was able to make it back down to Utah Valley to catch the second half of Lone Peak and Harriman. Thanks to the lightning delays along the Wasatch Front, I was able to catch the second half of it, and it was a fun game. Massive, massive play uh, in the third quarter, maybe early fourth quarter, as it uh, looked like Harriman was going to score and take the lead. They were down uh, 21 to uh, 21. To, sorry, not 21 to 14. It was 17-14 for Lone Peak at that point. It looked like Harriman was going to punch in a TD and take the lead, go up 21. Well, 20 at minimum, 21 to 14. They're running back, get near the goal line. You see him get hit, and he kind of rolls in the air, does a barrel roll in the air, and all of a sudden you hear everybody freaking out, fumble, fumble, fumble. He had the Lone Peak defender, uh, you'll hear Bart Brockbank, the head coach of Lone Peak here in a minute, he didn't know who the player was at the time, but he gets a helmet on the ball and it comes out literally on the goal line as he is about to cross the goal line to get the score for Harriman. Comes out, Lone Peak recovers on the one-yard line. Uh, they, they're able to flip the field position after a drive that chewed up some clock and a punt. They get a late, uh, a late touchdown 
courtesy um, of, I believe, uh, Davis Child. Yes, he it was a it was a lateral that went to uh, from Braden Siri to Davis Child. Caught the, got the receiver um, on an underthrown ball, but he still hauls it in, gets the touchdown, puts them up twenty four to fourteen, which is, ends up being the final. So a big win for Lone Peak with that. But that play, that fumble, um, followed by that trick play, absolutely massive as things play out that way. So here you go. I, I mentioned you'd hear from Bart Brockbank. We had a chance to catch up with him very quickly after the game. It went very late. So um, writers on deadline, you'll hear Brandon Gurney from the Deseret News Voice here as well as Darnell Dixon from the Daily Herald. So here you go. Here's Lone Peak head coach Bart Brockbank after his team's win. First that defensive play, who caused that fumble and how big was that? On the, on the, I, didn't, I don't even know. I don't know who caused it, but we'll find out. We'll give him props. That was great. It was huge. I mean, it changed the game, right? Yeah, and then that half that pass for a touchdown, didn't you try that play earlier in the game? And the, no. It didn't work? No, the one, that, the one that Kobe dropped, that was just a regular bubble play. Uh, okay. But, but yeah, we, I mean, we were waiting to run it on a first down. So. Who, who made that call? Well, I'm not going to say who. <laughs> Everybody was against me on that call. <laughs> All my coaches said, just be conservative, but no. We took a shot. How big of a win was this? Just with the elements and all that to, to come out on top of the hill? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big win. It's always big to beat these guys. Harriman's a great team. Well coached, always big, strong. Um, you know, the elements took us a little bit out of our, I mean, I felt like we were clicking pretty be- pretty good in the first half, and then we ended up kind of tailing off. And then when that, you know, when we, Mason got a bunch of cramps, so we were worried about he, him even going, Mason Wake. And so I think the, the delay really kind of put us out of a rhythm. So. So, so everyone was mad at you. You called that place like... Well, at first, all the coaches were like, ah, no, no, no. And then when it works, you know, you're a hero. If it didn't work, then I'd have been a, you know, goat. So... It worked. Yeah, it was lucky. After you recovered the fumble, you guys went on a long drive. You didn't score, but you definitely changed field position. Yeah, um, that was huge. What, what, what happened on that drive you found that was working? You know, we found we found that we, that we could run a, a certain play. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we ran it three times, just different formations, same kind of thing. And we ended up being able to run with, with Mason at that point. It, it, that was the first drive he was kind of back in where he wasn't cramping and everything so we felt like he would do it but I mean sometimes you think you can do it and sometimes you're wrong so overall how did you think Braden played and what do you think he did well and what do you think he could have yeah um you know Braden I thought Braden played well I, I, I think he needs to improve on running the plays that are called um but for the most part he, he does a, a really good job, you know, running the offense and everything, but we just got to work on, you know, clean up some stuff. First game jitters for him were evident. You know, he had the two touchdowns early that kind of helped him, but after that, I think I think that you could tell he was kind of, he all of a sudden, oh, I'm in a varsity game type thing. Is it important for a guy like that to get a win with those yeah. jitters and just to finally say, hey, I, I did it? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, he's, he, you know, he's got all the physical talent. He's, he's, he's a great quarterback. I think that first win just helps quarterbacks think, oh, okay, who? You know, because there's a lot of pressure on him coming in. You know, especially in Bone Peak where you generally only start as a senior. You don't get a, you know, we just got so many quarterbacks coming through that you get to start as a senior so you don't get that junior year to kind of work into it. But it helps having Mason and, and Kobe, though. There you go. I thank the coaches and players, Bruce Smith, Mike Rajek, and just barely Bart Brockbank for talking with me and the rest of the media after those game, after their wins last night. Is it fun to be out at games? I'm really excited to have this new element of the podcast, be able to go out and do interviews. I really like having that opportunity. We'll take a time out here. We'll come back. Final segment, have our studs segment. That's I don't have a better name for it. I'm calling it the studs segment. Guys who stood out even in a losing effort. That's all coming up right here on the Utah Preps Zone.
Welcome on back to the Utah Preps Zone. My name is Jake Hatch. Thank you so much for taking the time to download the podcast. It's a blast to be covering Utah Preps Week One in the books. I uh, got a I got a, a lot of names here actually. Um, we'll, we'll get to them. I'll probably shorten this in the future, but I felt with opening night we could honor a few more guys especially with some big-time games coming from all over the state. So this is the Studs segment. Uh, we'll see if we can come up with a better name for it, but I kind of like it, Studs. Um, and we'll see. We'll, we'll roll through these real quick here. So these are players who stood out, um, games we didn't necessarily cover so far, but they stood out even in losing efforts for their teams, had a great game. So here you go. Let's start off. Caden Johnson, quarterback at Westlake High School. Uh the Thunder were upset-minded. They wanted to beat West Jordan, but they ultimately lost 29-7. Caden Johnson did his part, though. He passed for four touchdowns in the win, so big shout-out to Caden Johnson, QB at Westlake. Uh, Gabe Sweeten, also a quarterback at Timpanogos. Um, they beat Farmington 48-7, thanks in part to Sweeten's five total touchdowns, three of them passing, two rushing. Big ups to Sweeten. Uh, Farmington, hard luck in their debut as a program their first game go down 48 to 7 but Gabe Sweeten the star for the Timberwolves in that game Brady Hall also a quarterback at Mountain Crest four total touchdowns and a 32 to 10 win over Salem Hills Brady Hall's a great player I'm excited to see him play this year I'm not necessarily going to be hitting the headlines as much being up there in the Cache Valley but I wanted to give him a shout out uh, shout out to Junior Teaupa. I hope I pronounced this right. Teaupa. Um, he's a defensive lineman at Mountain View High School. He notched, is a defensive lineman, you don't see this very often, a 73-yard pick six as Mountain View rolls to a 31-6 win over Hurricane. His um, pick six was in the fourth quarter. It capped the scoring for Mountain View. So big ups to Junior Teaupa, who's a defensive lineman at Mountain View, rolling 73 yards as a defensive lineman for a touchdown after picking off a pass. So big ups to him. Uh, Boone Abbott, quarterback at American Fork High School. Of course, the Cavemen lost Bronson Barron, who was their star quarterback for two years last year. Well, Boone Abbott looks like he's going to just pick up where they left off last year. 362 yards according to reports and five touchdowns in his debut as the Cavemen beat Weber 38-15. to Man, that's a debut. Um, also, all-name team, Boone Abbott right there. BYU commit, his star receiver is a BYU commit, Chase Roberts. He tallied 287 of those passing yards and three of the touchdowns. So big ups to the BYU commit Chase Roberts. A little bit of an honorable mention there, but the big credit goes to Boone Abbott at American Fork, man. That's a great debut as a quarterback. A couple other ones. Carson Holyoke at Snow Canyon. Uh, he he notched a win single-handedly for Snow Canyon over Taylorsville, 35 to 29, as he returned a pick six, 100 yards in overtime to get the win. Uh, so massive, massive win for Snow Canyon, and big ups to Carson Holyoke, ending that game with a pick six. A couple other people here to mention: Chris Dudley, QB at Skyline, five touchdown passes and a 47 to 40 shootout win over Granger. Uh, not easy to do. I believe they had four rushing touchdowns, one of them uh, for Granger in this game, back and forth. But big ups to Chris Dudley leading the way for QB at Skyline with five touchdowns. Tyson Chisholm, the running back at South Severe, four touchdowns on the ground in a 41 to 37 shootout over Kanab. So big ups to the Rams as they win their season opener. Bryson Barnes, of course, the uh, one. A um, star QB at Milford, five touching, five passing touchdowns, if I can speak correctly, in their 
28 to 28 win over Gunnison Valley. Looking like Milford's going to be the favorite in 1A as they should be, and Bryson Barnes is a big reason why. He just makes plays. Five passing touchdowns. There you go. Porter Wood at Parowan, who's also a star down in the lower classifications. He had three touchdowns in three different ways. Um, he had a rushing touchdown, a receiving touchdown, and a pick six in a 26-0 shutout over Altamont. So big ups to Porter Wood doing it every which way you can think of. Dustin Moffa, Leighton Christian, another lower division player. He's tallied all three touchdowns for LCA in their 20-14 comeback win over North Summit on the road. So big ups to Mafo in, in that win. Kyle King, the quarterback at Manti, four touchdown passes in a 40-15 win over Carbon. Uh, that's a big win. Carbon had a decent year last year, hoping to get off to a solid start, but the Templars had other ideas, and Kyle King leads the way for touchdown passes. Finally, last but not least, the guy that needs a shout-out as well, another lower division guy, lower classification guy, Emmett Hafen. He's a quarterback at Richfield High School, four total touchdowns in a 42-9 win over Emory. There you go, Emmett Hafen, quarterback for Richfield. There you go. So those are the studs for this week. We'll probably do less um, – each week, probably maybe cap at five guys, but I figured with opening night we could we could splurge a little bit. Those are the stars of the night. Uh, want to congratulate all those players. They deserve it. It's a lot of fun to track this, and it should be a lot of fun going forward. We'll be back next week with a week two preview. Like I said, Bingham East is the headliner next week. Plenty of other good games to get to. We'll have it all for you midweek next week with our preview episode. And of course, we'll recap it next Saturday when week two is in the books. Thanks for downloading the podcast. Appreciate you supporting us on 1280thezone.com or otherwise. It's a blast to be doing this, and I appreciate you downloading us once again. I'm Jay Catch, and this has been Utah. Top prep.